You know what? This week was supposed to be just the anticipation of the Snyder Cut week, and it still is. However, it's a bunch of snow coming down. It was supposed to be the worst snowstorm in 30 years. Instead, it's turning into what looks like a one-day situation. So, this is a special I see things a little differently. This will be counted as an episode as opposed to the Bobby Lashley stuff we did at Bobby Lashley Extra we did. Because um, I was originally going to record it, because as I record this, it's on Sunday. I was going to record it yesterday, right? Because we're supposed to be snowed in from like Friday to Monday morning. And then the snow kept getting delayed, kept getting delayed, delayed. Finally, it hit. But it wasn't that bad. It was more slush. And then next thing you know, push back, push back, push back. Then this morning, Sunday morning, look outside, clean my car off. And it's coming down. And it's not going to stop until about 1 o'clock tomorrow morning. So I said, you know what? I made a decision Thursday. I was going to record this episode. This and so the numbers will be out of order. I think this, I think this one's technically episode 61 or something like that. But the numbers will be out of order just because uh, this was not planned. But <clears throat> I am excited to get this one done because we are talking about wrestling today. I am the Slow Chemical. Welcome to this special episode. This week is still the anticipation anticipation of the Snyder Cut week. We do our reviews, our final thoughts on the weeding cut of Justice League. And on Batman v Superman, and then next Wednesday, the following Wednesday, excuse me, we will have the review of the Snyder Cut, the four-hour cut, which I will be watching. I'm excited. A lot of great things happening this week here at the show. Thank you for joining me. If you did not know this is being pushed out to the feed, there's a good reason for that. You're probably not subscribed. So how about you subscribe on whatever platform you listen to, follow whatever platform you listen to. And for those of you who follow me on Instagram, thank you. And uh, I've, I've gotten some of your stuff. I know some of you guys were not happy that this week was not going to be anything wrestling involved. But we are actually getting back to the grassroots. What really I, I want to do this show about because I love pro wrestling. So we're going to talk about the week in wrestling, the future uh, very interesting things going on right now. So let's get right into it. First, let's hit some. <clears throat> I don't know. Let's let's hit Impact first. Let's do that. <laughs> let's hit some Impact Wrestling first. So last night was Sacrifice, a big match, but two big things happened for me and and things that made me change my perspective on what it, where this is going. But the one thing that I wanted to watch Sacrifice for was the unification of the Impact and TNA World Heavyweight Championships. You had Moose carrying the TNA title for the longest. You had Rich Swan, the current defending Impact champion. And I went into this thinking to myself, you can't have Moose win, can you? Even though Moose has been built up great. We, for those of you who don't know, at Rebellion, their next pay-per-view which is next month, April 21st, I believe. That is my humidifier going off again. 
um they will have a champion versus champion match for the champion for both titles on the line Kenny Omega versus the winner of this match so I went into this match saying you can't have Moose win because if Moose wins you're gonna stop any momentum he has if you have him lose Omega because I just have to assume Omega's getting that impact world title period but now I don't know what to think after this night because here's what happened earlier in the night you had Finn Juice from New Japan. Remember, there's a working agreement there now again. Finn Juice defeated the Good Brothers for the Impact World Titles, tag team titles. Now you have the Impact Championships in New Japan. You have the humidifier going off again. <laughs> you have AEW with an Impact title. I mean, excuse me, with a uh, New Japan title. And I would just admit, I, I, now I don't know how to take it. Because now I literally wrote down in my notes the way they, they ended Revolution. And now you have the Good Brothers versus the Blood Brothers in uh, Eddie Kingston and John Moxley. I assumed those tag team titles were going to them. But now New Japan has them. Now it's just going to be a, a, a war between those two teams on Impact this week. But now I don't know how my perspective is. Because now you have those belts there. Do you want your do you want your organization to have essentially championships all over the place? Then I thought about it. <clears throat> Why wouldn't you? Kenny Omega, the character he's playing right now, the cleaner, the he's gonna have the AEW title around his waist. Around his uh, around his shoulder, he will have the impact world title. Why wouldn't you want your championship, your top title, to have that kind of exposure on a weekly television basis? And then you can actually have Rich Swan, we, <clears throat> excuse me, win it back from him. By the way, that Rich Swan and Moose had a great match. I love the ending of the crucifix pin because it it showed that Moose, even though he's been built to this level, he technically did not win that TNA championship. And this is just just proved that why Rich Swan is the cha- the current champion. I love the way this entire match was booked. I'm that's his thing now. Rich Swan's already already been pinned by Kenny Omega. I will. I, I want to say I will be ordering Rebellion. I have to see how my schedule is going to pl- pan out. But I am super excited because for that match. And, and but I would just have to assume that Impact World Title is going to Kenny Omega. And Omega is still a Triple A champion. He isn't worried on TV, but he is. So these belts are going to be just in one big, massive orgy of promotions. But if you're at Impact, like I cannot imagine you being upset about this because you just put your your tag team titles on New Japan wrestlers. So that was the big news coming out of Impact: was that Rich One is your unified, undisputed champion. And he will go to Rebellion to face Kenny Omega in a champion versus champion. But everything's on the line. Um, and let's just get right, to, right into AEW. The biggest news and notes of it were uh, Scorpio Sky. He does lose his championship match to Darby Allin, which kind of saw that coming. But you can also saw, kind of see the, the heel turn had, he had coming. The way he was acting, even when he won the ladder match at Revolution, he was talking to kind of trash. He was talking to, to Cody. It was like, huh, yeah, he's definitely turning heel. He's full-fledged heel now. 
And I would have to imagine he's going to be feuding with Darby for that TNT championship now that Darby's done with Team Taz. Uh, Christian and Omega, looks like that's where they're going or they want to go or Christian's at least put him on notice because we know where Omega's heading. But I would have to think, because there's not another pay-per-view for AEW until May, I would have to assume that that was just their way of putting Christian on there and saying, hey, Christian is a main-level talent, main-event-level talent. He is a threat. Everyone is a threat to Kenny Omega. But the funniest part of this whole thing was when they were making fun of the, 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 the big explosion moment of Revolution, and Kenny Omega says, Don, you're on top of me at 69 me. I never thought I would hear that ever in my life. I thought it was freaking hilarious. So I'm, I couldn't stop laughing. Um, the woman, for the first time in AEW history, will main event Dynamite next week. You will have Britt Baker with Rebel versus Thunder Rosa in a Lights Out match. The last time we saw a Lights Out match was Kenny Omega and John Moxley. I can't imagine these two women will do them do those things to themselves. However, this is going to be fun. I would have to assume that Thunder Rosa will not be by herself. I assume someone will come out to help her because she's made the save a couple times now. So I'm looking forward to this match. I'm looking forward to that main event. That is the way this feud has been built up. This is a blood feud. So I will. I am not surprised that this is the main event of AEW, and this is also just proof in the pudding as to why Britt Baker needs to win that women's championship from Sheeta. Um, and the big, the the bigger news of this thing was MJF finally makes his move. For weeks, months, everyone, including myself, thought that MJF was going to take over the inner circle. He tried, but it was a half hard. Listen to me. Uh, half-hearted effort is the word I was trying to say. He said, I was not trying to build, uh, take over the inner circle. I was too busy building my own. Lights go out. All of a sudden, you have Wardlow, Sean Spears, Tully Blanchard, FTR, right behind the inner circle. They take out the inner circle. They powerbomb Jericho through a table on the outside. They completely decimated these guys. Uh, I believe it was Dax took a bottle to Hager, took him out immediately. Sean Spears did a curb stomp through a chair to Sammy Guevara because, of course, he did. Um, this was good stuff. This was a great way to end the show. You know, the funny thing is, I was like, when when these guys said we we're going to have like a inner circle council or whatever, and I seen that main event it was going to main event tonight. I was like, there has to be a big show closing angle just because this is just something weird to to close on. And sure enough, it was huge. They busted Jericho open, um, beat him down. This now will be your new blood and guts feud, as to where last year was the inner circle and the elite. This year it's reversed. The inner circle are the baby faces. And whatever the group of MJF is, whatever they name it, um, will be the heels. This feud will last them for months. And to me also, they were never going to be able to do the blood and guts with those particular teams anymore. One, the elite's done. Like on television. But two, the the, the blow-off was a stadium stampede match, if you think about it. That was a, a, a that was essentially that's how I took it. Was that was a blow off? 
this match, this these this feud will lead them, and it was, this will take them. And this is so this is so freaking smart because I know a lot of people don't like Tony Khan's booking and blah blah blah. That's fine. You like what you like. However, MJF, to me, he's such a character. He, 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 he I think have him having a title is just so important to that character because it just feels like um, he needs one, right? But putting him in a feud like this, which will now be blood feud, this just takes all of them out of the title pictures. They all just feel each other and screw each other over. And it just keeps them away from each other. And you can finally have a blow-off match between Jericho and MJF at All Out. You know? And you can have a bunch of fun ta- five-man tag team. Ta- Imagine the match between Power and Glory and FTR. Oh, my goodness. Sammy Guevara and Sean Spears will be fun, too. You know? So, this was the big move. This was, a, to me, probably the big, biggest news of the night for AEW. Um, but I'm looking forward to this feud. And MJF... Yeah, obviously he didn't fit into the inner circle, but this show, this is this is just his way of saying, "Hey, I'm the most dominant personality in professional wrestling, and I don't need you guys. I was building everything else, and this is gonna be fun. This is gonna be interesting." And also, I thought it was where I remember watching. I was like, "Where the hell is Wardlow at?" You know, it was just weird. And sure enough, we found out. So that is your AEW news for the week. To me, those are the big things to touch on. We're going to stay on Wednesday night. Staying on Wednesday night. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly is back. And he's not air quotes. You can't see me doing air quotes. Medically cleared. But him and uh, Adam Cole battle. This is clearly going to be uh, a, a feud that in the match will be at the two nights. This is one of the two announcements that William Regal had. There will be a two night takeover event in April. I don't know why. I've had a couple people say, hey, why do they need two nights? Don't know. Maybe it's to supplement the fact that there is no takeover for WrestleMania weekend. So he said, you know what? Let's make a big card and get all this stuff there. And also, you know what it could be? Because there was talk about a month ago about Finn Balor defending the NXT title. But everything that's being reported, and WrestleVotes, credit to he or she or they or we or whatever, they're pretty accurate. When they uh, report something, and um, it's been reported that the WrestleMania card has kind of been blown up. Only like three matches have are like, like or like locked in, and we kind of know those matches. We know it's Lashley versus McIntyre, even though it's not official in Tyler Fastlane. We know it's definitely Edge versus Roman Reigns, and we know Bad Bunny's in a tag team match with Damian Priest and Miz and Morrison. Otherwise. I don't know what they're going for with this with WrestleMania. So maybe the, the NXT plans were scrapped and they say, you know what? Let's have our own WrestleMania style event and do that. And I guess it's cool. I don't think you need two nights of it. But then again, I do think anything longer than three, four hours of NXT, because it begins to be too much, you know? Uh, and and to me, those, those takeover shows are so perfect in their timing and their matches. Um, speaking of too much... They have added, his other announcement, William Regals, was they have added women's tag team championships to their division or their promotion, whatever. First of all, we already know they have the strongest women's division in pro wrestling, period. That's not even arguable. But why do we need more titles? That makes the women's tag team championships on the main roster completely obsolete. Because that was the point of them was that they can travel back and forth. But then I think about it. 
I remember last year when Charlotte Flair was brought to NXT and apparently she was supposed to lose to Rhea Ripley. But because the NXT creative teams had to go through the main roster creative teams to determine what is what is going to work for her, because apparently if they didn't want her to do something, she wasn't doing it, right? Maybe that's the same thing with these women tag team championships. Maybe the main roster owns them, air quotes, and that's probably is, and that's probably why I was like, let's let's just have belts of our own. If that's the case, I get it. It's still way too many belts, and it just kill into and the main roster doesn't even have a strong women's division. And now, what do you do with those damn belts? Because now it feels like they're gonna keep them on freaking well. That can change your fast lane because Jackson Baszler defend them against Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair. But I don't, I don't know. It was just really, anyways, the women's tag team championships were essentially handed to the women that won the Dusty Classic, which is Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. But then they were forced to defend them or against Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart, the team they defeated in the finals. Then they lose them to Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon. In the process, Ember Moon made history as the first woman in NXT history to win the Women's Tag Team Championships after having won the the NXT Women's Championship. So, congratulations to her. But then, Io Shirai approaches Raquel Gonzalez and then says, you're next. So, I'm assuming... They gave those belts to them to have them drop them to then put this because it's come, it's time. The only person I believe to pin Io Shirai in her almost year long championship reign has been Raquel Gonzalez. She did it during War Games. She's going to be the next NXT Women's Champion. I just thought it was a weird way to get there. So that's cool, I guess. Whatever. The, but the, to me, the coolest part of the night was at the end of the, the championship match between Adam Cole and Finn Balor. You, the cameras panned on Balor. You see him like look over his shoulder. He just says he's been on effing fire with some of his lines. He's I, he is like the I he, what is he Irish? Whatever whatever he is, he's just he's a rapper. He, he's like what took you so long? And he just turns around and and carrying across his TikTok. So it's clear that's the main event for the takeover. I guess the thing I'm still kind of confused about is the fact that I thought Karrion Cross was main roster bound. He has not lost yet. I just don't want them to put the belt on Karrion Cross just to have him have to surrender it when he's going to the main roster. Now, plans could have changed. You know, so he could very well be sticking around at NXT until the summertime. But like just to have him win it, just to not lose it. But then again, like Finn Balor, there's no one else for him to wrestle. This is the match that needs to happen. But um, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun. I don't think the results in doubt, Karen Cross will be a two time NXT champion. Um, but if he loses, that means he's going to the main roster, obviously. We'll have to see. I just don't see him losing, you know? But I just don't want him. I think the reason why I'm so big on him not winning. Is because I don't want him to go to the main roster for undefeated streak. Because we both, we all, we all know, no matter how good him and Scarlett look together, they're gonna be in a pregnancy angle in six months. It was a defensive man. 
because he's fucking nuts. But we'll see. But that was interesting. Uh, I thought both shows were good. Um, next week will be LA Knight's NXT re-debut, I guess. He will face Bronson Reed. Um, so that should be a fun match. Let's hit Raw. Um, Lashley has a new entrance, which is kind of which is kind of cool. Um, and he defeated Miz in their rematch in a completely dominant match. Completely dominant. New Day will get a tag team championship match next week or tomorrow. Uh, Ali, Mustafa Ali, will get a U.S. championship match. It's reported that at Fastlane, it will be Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus in a last man standing match. The winner gets a shot at Bobby Lashley in the WWE Championship at WrestleMania. This is a, as a result of a mess these two had where it ended in a double disqualification, even though technically it was a double, it was no, a no disqualification match. The hit showed up still steps. So. And it's more and more looking like we're going to have Braun Strowman versus Shane McMahon at WrestleMania. Um, I'm never going to get into that weird segment from Raw where it seemed like Shane forgot his lines or whatever. Uh, but yeah, we're just going to skip that. Um, speaking on the Raw side, though, Asuka, who caught a concussion after a knee from Shayna Baszler, could be out for WrestleMania. Could be. But if she is, she's more than likely to be stripped of the Women's Championship. Let me tell you why this is a good thing. I would love nothing more than for her to go into WrestleMania, defend that Women's Championship, and get a real direction. Right? Here's the problem. The direction they're going is with Asuka versus Charlotte Flair. And Charlotte Flair is going to win. We all know this. So I'd much rather her get stripped of the title. And then her come back as a heel. And beat the living hell out of Charlotte. Than to lose another match against Charlotte Flair. Because the one time Asuka's beat her. I believe it was last summer. When Nia Jax took Charlotte out. So. Eh. Uh, I'm good. Speaking of WrestleMania, it is being reported that WrestleMania will be 75% full at capacity. That's a huge number. I was expecting like 30 or 40%, but 75% is a good amount of tickets to sell. I would have to imagine they're going to sell all tickets. Um, but obviously it won't have the, uh, what? The international flair. But this is just not, we, we, we're not there yet. Next year, we, we, can, we will be there, not this year. Um, and speaking of Charlotte, uh, it's reported by Pro, Pro Wrestling, listen to me, Wrestling Inc. I want to say Pro, Pro Wrestling, but I, have, <laughs> I wrote here Per Wrestling Inc. But for some reason, my art looks, I don't know, I have terrible handwriting. But reported by Wrestling Inc., Andrade has requested uh, a release. He's taken off all WWE to his handles, to his social media. Reportedly, it's also been denied. They don't, they're not going to let him go. They're going to try to convince him to stay. They're gonna, I, was, I was surprised, and Jonathan Esther said he wasn't. But I was more surprised just because I thought the relationship with him and Charlotte would be the thing to keep him there. But you know what? If you're not happy, you're not happy. And can you imagine? Cause let's be honest. Aleister Black, supposedly, another report I saw, I think it was Wrestling Inc. as well. Apparently, Aleister Black has not been even backstage at a Raw since last year. 
he's clearly not signing. I, I don't know what he signed for. I don't know what's going to happen. He has not requested his release from what we can tell. But I would have to imagine he's out of there as soon as he gets a chance. And now that Andrade has made his thoughts known, even if it's not publicly, I would have to imagine he's out of there too. And good, great. We don't know when this is going to happen. F is going to happen. But I find it funny how Bruce Pritchard, and I believe him when he says it, he says, Vince Man's old policy was, if you're not happy here, I don't want you here. Now his policy seems to be, if you're not happy here, too bad, you're staying here. So, um, it's unfortunate. These Those two are really talented guys. Andrade did a hell of a lot more under that mask in Mexico. He's a great wrestler. He obviously, when they put him with Selena, Zelina, excuse me, in NXT, it changed his entire career there. He became NXT men's champion and Obviously, he's a former United States champion, but obviously he wants to do more. So, um, good luck to him getting out of that. Um, but it's, it's going to be very, very, very interesting to see how all of that goes. Um, but that's an, I, I didn't see that coming. I didn't see that coming. Alistair Black, I can see that coming, even though it hasn't happened yet. I can definitely see that coming, though. I didn't see this coming, though. It's very interesting. Um... Last news and notes before we get to SmackDown. Molly Holly is your first inductee of the 2021 Hall of Fame. Well-deserved. Uh, it was Shane Helms who told her that she was getting in. Uh, he was you know, in tears. She deserved oh, Hella deser- deserves it. Uh, whether it was uh, Mighty Molly, the gimmick she she did with, with Hurricane, or... or whether it was her role with Spike, and she's always, to me, she's always been the Christian of the women's division. Very underrated, very underappreciated. She is a former women's champion, um, very talented. Just, uh, but I think also it helps that I think it doesn't help that she's she's very quiet, very humble, you know. And I believe, if, her, if I'm not mistaken, I believe her story was. I remember her in late, in the final years of WCW, final months of WCW, she was with Macho Man Randy Savage as one of his valets. And Macho made a call to Bruce Pritchard saying, hey, I have a woman here who's really good. She's way more than a valet. WCW does not know how to use her. Is there anything open there? And Bruce said, who? And he told told him who it was and... Uh, he said, yeah, sure, we have something for her. And I think she made the best of her career. I think she was, like I said, un- very underappreciated, very underrated. And sometimes that's just how it is. When you're quiet, that's just that's just how it is, you know. At the time she was there, you had some very strong personalities, whether it's Ivory, Trish, Jacqueline, you know. But she is very deserving of this role, um, and I'm very happy for her. Um in that last note, John Laurinaitis is back at the head of ta- talent relations. I believe they gave him a different title this time around. But it's interesting because he left that role in 2012. No one liked him in the role. Like, I know you could just say name Jim Cornette and he's gonna, you're going to say, well, he's complaining about anything. He, by the way, he got himself in a lot of trouble this week. 
I don't know what he said about Penelope Ford, but it made Kip Sabian and Miro go the bleep off. And I think I said this on the show a few months ago, or whenever it was. You can't be talking about people's wives, man. You just, you just can't be doing that. Like, if he thinks... If, I'm, I, I know people don't think this extreme, and I probably think too extreme sometimes. But I just don't live in a world where I think I can go on live air, talk about someone's wife, and think that if I see them, because you're probably going to see them now, that they won't approach me and slap me or something like that. He has to know. He's not that tough. He's, he's nuts, dude. Talking about people's wives. I wouldn't be doing that. But um, anyways, uh, that was very interesting because no one liked him to roll. Whether it was Jim Cornette, whether it was Jim Ross, whatever, whether it was Rikishi who's done shooting interviews about it, like everyone thought he was bad at the job. Maybe that made him good at the job. I don't know, but uh, that's I didn't see that coming either. I was when I saw that I was like, what? That's just weird. So, anyways, fu- final thoughts on SmackDown. First of all, the Edge and Daniel Bryan promos were 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 just. I wrote here fire. That's that's what the kids say, I guess. They were dope, and I did like. And, and the thing is about Edge, for him to say you're better than this, but you're not better than me. That's cool, but you're the ultimate opportunist, dude. Like you did some shady shit in your time. So for Daniel Bryan to finally be a little selfless, just be a little selfless. You're mad about it now. You, as Bryan said, you have your spot at Mania. What does it matter? Who you face? You said you're going to win anyway, right? What's wrong with that? Well, I don't know. I just, I was just, I, for, don't be wrong, Edge's promo was dope too. But my first thought was, dude, you're a hypocrite. All this shady stuff you did, Daniel Bryan finally did something a little shady. And it wasn't, even, it wasn't really shady. Was it? No. He just presented an opportunity to the head of the table, to Jey Uso, to Paul Heyman. They accepted. He took it. But he laid Edge out. So it's to me, obviously, next week is going to be Edge versus Jey Uso. The winner gets to become the special guest enforcer at Fastlane. We don't see this coming. We don't, we're really going to act like we don't see this coming. Edge is going to spear the hell out of Daniel Bryan. Cost him the match. I'm being dramatic there. Somehow he'll cost Daniel Bryan the match. By accident, I'm assuming. Reigns and Edge will face each other at Mania. I'm assuming Edge is winning that belt. Even if, it's, even if it's for a short time, Edge is winning that belt. Even though Reigns shouldn't be losing that belt. But Brian and Edge are far from each other. And what you can honestly do, how you can work this, actually, because that's main events in WrestleMania, the second night, I would assume Edge is going to win clean or whatever. But then the following month, or... Whenever next their next next pay per view is, Daniel Bryan costs the Edge a title, which will then lead to an Edge and Daniel Bryan feud. I would have to assume that, which will get both of them out of the title picture. But this feud has now started. Um, Seth Rollins attacks Cesaro, which is clearly the match for Fastlane, even though it hasn't been announced yet. But he walks in the back and he goes face to face with Shinsuke Nakamura. Don't know what that's about. Don't care. I'm here for it. Um, the tension just continues to build for Bianca Belair versus Sasha, even though they're getting a championship match. I, I, I don't know why they're getting another tag team championship match that they kind of lost the first time. 
I'm assuming they're winning those belts, and we're we're gonna see for the first time in women's history at WrestleMania the tag team the women's tag team champions fighting over the women's world championship. So I'm assuming that's where they're going with this. But I mean, we kind of just saw two banks, uh, two belts banks last year as well. So I don't know. And finally, Apollo Cruz and Big E. They are going to war. Apollo Crews, this just new side of him is awesome. He beat down Big E after his match with Sami Zayn. They are official for Fastlane. I, I will push this back to Mania, but they need to get through one more pay-per-view, so I guess it had to be done. But um, anyways, that is your show. That is your wrestling show for this week. The rest of the week will be the anticip- in anticipation of the Snyder Cut. But I wanted to get this show done. It will be, as I recorded it, Sunday. It will be out later on, in the feed on Sunday. If you follow, if you subscribe, you're, you'll see it in your feed immediately. If you haven't, please do so. I am the Slow Chemical. That is the show. I am out.